Welcome to the Any Crack Cork Rugby Podcast, sponsored by the Eco Restaurant in Douglas. You've got me, Charlotte Foster, and... And me, John McNamara. And as always, we'll be talking all things rugby across Cork, Ireland, and, well, let's be honest, we'll, we'll get a few other bits there uh, thrown in as well. It is... End of well, middle of March, which means we can talk about the big competition that everyone wants to talk about, except probably us two, because uh, let's be honest, not not the, not the outcome uh, we wanted, is it, John? Uh, well, there'll be a lot of disappointed Irish fans out there with uh, their third position in the championship. Um, reflecting on the tournament, the 32-20 defeat uh, to England is the one which will um, grate with the Irish fans the most, I would expect. Um, Things improved after that. We beat Scotland and Edinburgh. We beat Italy 26-16. Uh, we beat France in the Aviva 26-14. I was actually at that game that day and I actually thought it was a bit too easy for Ireland as they cut through the French who didn't seem to start playing until about the 50th minute. Uh, however, the last game against Wales, 25-7. Uh, very disappointing day for the Irish. Joe Smith was uh, upset about the result and, uh, you know, Lots of people felt that, uh, unfortunately, the team have diminished uh, a little bit anyway. Uh, and, you know, our expectations for the World Cup, maybe not as high as they once were. Yeah, it's all eyes on Tokyo now, isn't it, really, for everybody? That's right, yeah. Um, the tournament in Japan will be, uh, will be fantastic. Uh, Ireland have four warm-up games. We've got Italy in the Aviva, England in Twickenham, uh, Wales, both home and away and uh, they'll be our four games. Um, those four games, together with a good um, Champions Cup uh, campaign for the major three provinces, uh, may reinvigorate the team. And uh, lots of people are confident that Joe Smith will, will get the mojo back and uh, get us winning again. And I'm looking forward to return to breakfast rugby. I really enjoy being able to uh, watch rugby while I'm eating my breakfast. I quite like the different time zone. And we've also got to talk about there is some yeah. more, some positive uh, uh, outcomes of the uh, Six Nations as a tournament as a whole. If we look at the under twenties in particular, yes, the Irish under twenties uh, claimed the Grand Slam. Uh, they beat Wales in uh, Colwyn Bay in the last game. Um, players to catch the eye from that side uh, from Munster include uh, scrum half Craig Casey. His decision-making was excellent right throughout the tournament. Uh, full-back Jake Flannery, who's obviously got some connections with uh, Shannon Rugby Club in Limerick. Uh, prop Josh Witcherly, uh, who we've mentioned before, educated in the uh, Cistercians in uh, Ross Cray, but uh, from Bantry Bay um, Junior Club in West Cork. And uh, former Glenstall Abbey uh, out-half Ben Healy, uh, who was instrumental in the win over France. Uh, four great players and they all have a chance of being selected for the full, full Munster team already despite the fact that they're only uh, approximately one year out of school's rugby heck. That's all, it's impressive and scary at the same time now, isn't it? <laughs> uh, these guys with full time training they can make the switch to pro rugby so quickly nowadays it is yeah uh, it's, it's, it's unbelievable Charlotte Every episode we have what we call our mystery guest, despite the fact the mystery guest doesn't come anywhere near our non-existent studio. We're in a bar this week, in fact. He, there's no sign of the mystery guest here, so I don't know why we keep calling him a mystery guest, but we're getting to, aren't we, John? Let's just keep calling him a mystery guest. It's somebody that people listening can guess who the person we're talking about is. Yes, it is a famous Cork player, so it's uh, challenging for a Cork audience to try and identify him. 
So here's the first clue. Started under 10s with Dolphin behind the goalposts in Musgrove Park with Victor Donnelly. Alternated with future golfer John McHenry as the kicker, taking kicks on the right-hand side of the pitch. Progressed through CBC, losing the 1981 Cup Final to Prez. Now this CBC team included Fergus Ahern at scrum half. Selected for Irish schools with Brendan Mullin and Neil Francis, but were well beaten by Australia. Right, okay, so he's a, he's a player that predominantly would have played in the 1980s, possibly in the 1990s for the full Ireland international team. Uh, but look, he's got a massive pedigree in the game from uh, schoolboy level. So uh, people should be able to identify him, I think. You're being very generous with your clues already. <laughs> well, you mentioned Munster a, a fair bit there. Uh, what, what, what are things like uh, with Munster? Yeah, things are quite good. We're uh, second in the conference. Uh, we've got uh, Zebra in Limerick tomorrow afternoon at five o'clock. Zebra, the Italian uh, franchise, are coached by uh, Corkman Michael Bradley. The uh, scrum half from the Ireland 1985 team, very well-known character in Irish rugby, and uh, he's doing a good job with Zebra at the moment. Uh, but they have only managed to win three of their 17 games in the Pro 14 so far, so it's been, it's been tough for them as usual. Uh, Munster recently had a narrow defeat to Scarlets over in Wales. Um, however, we expect them to win tomorrow, and then the following week we've got Edinburgh in Edinburgh, 12:30 p.m. kickoff in the Champions Cup quarter-final. And that's going to be a major game uh, for the province. Now, for people who aren't listening right now as we're talking, when you say tomorrow, you mean the 23rd of March. And when you say next week, you mean the 30th of March. Yes, 23rd of March, we have Zebra. And 30th of March, we have Edinburgh in the Champions Cup. Uh, two different tournaments. It's the Pro 14 league game tomorrow. Now, he debuted against a strong Lansdowne in Dublin, a team which included Vinnie Becker and Moss King. Now, coincidentally, Irish international Phil O'Callaghan was in his last season for Dolphin, but still formidable, aged 40. Now, that's going some. The Dolphin under-20s were a superb side, winning the cup with prop Paul McCarthy and Australian-based Ger O'Kelly, featuring... Joined Munster for a pre-season tour to London. Now, this was an old-style tour with a lot of team bonding, including a training session in High Park. Now, is that a lot of team bonding, do you think, a code for going out on the drink a fair bit? Uh, I would say there were some beverages consumed on that trip, Charlotte, without a doubt. That's what we call a tour. In 1987, got selected for the World Cup as Kieran Fitzgerald pulled out and Harry Harbison got injured. Good tournament, but beaten by by Wales 33-3 in the quarterfinal. What is it with Wales beating Ireland? <laughs> well, you know, the World Cup has not been our uh, strong point. How about then uh, the All-Ireland League? How are things looking? Well, in the All-Ireland League, I better start with our Division 1A uh, representatives, Cork Constitution. They're playing Trinity away in Dublin tomorrow. And the 23rd I would, of March. Uh, uh, yeah, and I would expect them to uh, to win that one. Uh, Connor leading Division 1A by eight points, which means that when we go to a playoff situation, team number one will be playing the fourth team in the league, which is, which could actually be Trinity, their opposition tomorrow, or it could be Gary Owen from Limerick who are in fifth, and they're entertaining Clontarf down in Limerick tomorrow. And uh, if Gary Owen were to pull one over uh, Clontarf, they may move into fourth. That would make for an interesting um, 
semi-final for Corcom because Gary Owen are always uh, tough opposition. Uh, I must drop down to our neighbours on the west of the city, Highfield. They've been storming all year and they're 10 points ahead in their division. If they beat Cashel from Tipperary tomorrow, they'll win Division 2A. They'll get the trophy presented to them up in Highfield and there'll be massive excitement uh, among their Bishopstown supporters. And uh, I'd expect them to win the trophy tomorrow, go up into 1B and continue where they let off next year and uh, possibly go all the way to 1A if Timmy Ryan can maintain the momentum up there. This is it. We're at that bit of the season where we've had the, uh, you know, most of the games have been done. We've just at the, I hate saying the business end of the season, but we're at the end of the season where people are starting to get a little bit tired. There's only so many times you can be bashed around the pitch, isn't there? Let, let's be honest. We've, we've both been there. How do yeah. the teams carry on for these last few couple of, well, last couple of months as such? Charlotte, that's an excellent uh, point. And my own club Sunday as well, RFC. They're after 11 defeats on the bounce. Oh no! Tomorrow afternoon they've got Corinthians from Galway and Cork. They've also got Belfast Harlequins to come to Cork. They're bottom of the Division 2B. Relegation looks inevitable, but the diehards out in the club believe that they will get a couple of wins towards the end of the season and maybe end up in the second from bottom position at least, which would give them a playoff game against the team who are second in Division 2C, which is probably Middleton from, from East Cork or Brough from Limerick. Oh, I hope they get that second from bottom. Yeah. I spent some time with uh, their f their female president, uh, Jackie Cashman, a good friend of mine, uh, last Friday evening. And she really doesn't want to see the team get relegated on her watch. Uh, so she's keeping her fingers crossed and praying fervently that Sunday's well will last in 2B. Now, the major highlight for him was captaining Munster to beat Australia in Musgrove Park in 1992. Bob Dwyer targeted Pete Clehesi for criticism afterwards. Defended Peter, though, by pointing out that a top-class referee had not penalised him once all day. A major punch-up occurred in the match, with wing Richard Wallace kicking the kangaroo mascot. Blimey! <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a rugby game and a half. Um, Captained the 1995 Irish World Cup team, but that group contained New Zealand, Wales and Japan. And of course that would be the tournament where Jonah Lomu was uh, in his element and uh, he emerged in that tournament and proved to be unstoppable. I suggested to the media that the only way to stop him was a baseball bat. <laughs> Probably. They, uh, they beat England home and away in 92 and 93, was called in by the Lions selectors and asked to make himself available for the New Zealand tour, but it did not materialise due to earlier un unavailability. Wow, what a pity. This guy could have been uh, a British and Irish Lion as well. And uh, knowing this chap, he would have been uh, probably in test con contention. Uh, interesting about Jonah Lumu, uh, you know, I can remember him knocking over the England players in the in the semi-final like Skittles. It was, my, it was, my cat banged back there. off him, uh, so I can see why the why the base bat analogy was used. Yeah, I think Will, I think Will Carlin also got into trouble as well about it. That we were saying that there's no way to stop him apart from all sorts of different that's ways. Right, so, that's, um, right, that's right. I remember 1995 was one of those. That Jonah Lomu was just yeah, everyone yeah, just sort of watched yeah, open mouthed, didn't yeah, they? Yeah. What a legend he was. And here's an interesting twist. I actually went to a dinner with Jonah Luma in Stoke-on-Trent about 
must be five years ago now because yeah. uh, I think he passed away in 2015 it wasn't long yeah after the World Cup and uh, very very sad when I heard he passed away and uh, I really couldn't believe it you know mm, very yeah, sad yeah. let's look now at the Munster Junior Cup what's going on there Munster Junior Cup is getting very exciting uh, we've moved to the quarterfinal stage this weekend uh, Cork Con uh, the champions 19 times and uh, the experts in uh, Munster Junior Cup uh, victories uh, have got Newcastle in Limerick away. I'd expect Cork on to beat them away in Limerick. Uh, then the winners of that match will take on Clonmel or Kilfiekel. I get the feeling that that might be Clonmel from Tipperary. They've just won Munster Junior Division 1, so they now go into a playoff series against Leinster Junior Division 1 winners, Ulster Junior Division 1 winners and Connacht Junior Division 1 winners. And the winner of that round robin series gets entry into 2C and becomes a senior club in Ireland. Clonmel have been in this position before and they haven't gone senior, but you never know they might do it this year. And uh, it's quite a tough route to the final for Cork Con, uh, Newcastle away, and then potentially Clonmel at home. So what does this mean for people? How important uh, is it? This cup is a great cup because you've got the top junior clubs like Clonmel, Bandon, um, Newcastle as we've mentioned uh, Kilfiekel uh, but they get to play the senior second 15s of the Corcons, the Highfields, the Shannons, the Young Munsters and the second 15s in these senior clubs are very formidable outfits so the games are very evenly pitched and uh, you know sometimes the junior clubs are able to overcome their senior counterparts second teams and, and beat them uh, just looking at the other side of that draw Highfield Rugby Club who we've just mentioned for their senior uh, outstanding season in 2A their second team have been brilliant as well they put a massive score on Dolphin on the way to the quarterfinal 56-0 I think it was they did the same to Shannon down in uh, Woodley Park now they've got Young Munster in Limerick away tomorrow I can remember seeing Young Munster win this about three or four years ago where they beat Cork on in the final so I'd expect Young Munster to be quite difficult down in Limerick. But look, if Highfield beat Young Munster in Limerick, I wouldn't be surprised if Highfield went on and actually won it. And the last time I can remember Highfield in a Junior Cup final was back in 1986, when their seniors also reached uh, a Cup final. Seniors playing Shannon and Highfield playing Con back in 86. So a big deal then? Oh, there's a lot at stake here. A, gr a great resurgence for Highfield. Uh, 1986 to 2019, you do the maths, what's that? 34 years waiting to come back, is it? <laughs> a bit less than that. It's a bit it's less, a bit than, less that, than that, because I'm less working out how old I am. 30, 33 years, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A few years, that'll do. Now, the most difficult opponent for our mystery guest was, well, he's going to nominate Sean Fitzpatrick, who he played against on numerous occasions for Munster, Ireland and the Barbarians. Uh, he says he had a full array of skills, throwing, scrummaging, carrying, and a hard psychological edge. Other notable difficult opponents for our mystery guest is the Aussie hooker Phil Lawton, who at six foot three and twenty stone did not hook but stepped over the ball. France's Daniel Dubrocker and England's Brian Moore were tough opponents in the Five Nations at the time as well. So, John, then uh, the Munster Senior Schools Cup final, what's been going on with that? Well, uh, local rivals uh, CBC and PBC uh, played each other, vying uh, to be the 30th winner of the competition. 
they were both tied on 29. Uh, CBC came out on top, uh, five points to three, uh, after a try by Scott Buckley, uh, their captain, uh, after driving Maul from the back of the line-out. Uh, I must mention the CBC coach, uh, my old friend Tommy Crow, who originates in uh, Clan William and Tipperary. He played a good bit of rugby for Clan William at fullback himself. He also played for uh, Clontarf in Dublin as fullback uh, while working in uh, Belvedere School in Dublin. Uh, he's been in CBC a long time now, I'd say nearly 20 years, uh, having coached the uh, Junior Cup team to a variety of successes. Uh, been beaten by Glenstall in the final last year, but uh, I'm really glad that it's worked out so well for Tommy. Uh, he's put a huge uh, amount of time and effort in with CBC. Um, other players to impress me on the day included uh, the CBC centre, Killian Coughlin, the PBC wing, uh, Daniel Hurley, and uh, Scott Buckley, who I mentioned already. And uh, hopefully uh, we see an improvement in Prez next year uh, with a bit more innovation in their back line. And uh, they can challenge and uh, maybe win their 30th. So since this, uh, since our Mr. Guest has stopped playing, he's been coaching uh, since '98, taking Dolphin over from Declan Kidney, and subsequently co coached UCC, qualifying for a playoff against Lansdowne, but they lost due to a great performance by Argentinian Philippe Contempomi. Also coached Cork Con forward during two different stints, winning all Ireland League titles and currently forwards coach with Sunday's Well in Division 2B and optimistic for the season. Yeah, well, uh, he's actually moved on from Sunday's Well now and I think he's out of the game at the moment, but uh, you know, he certainly has an impressive coaching CV as a, as a forwards coach, specialising in line-out and scrum and uh, overall a massive career. The mystery guest this week was Mr Terry Kingston. Well, as per normal, I've been rummaging uh, around the uh, secret diary of an Irish rep in England. I've managed to get a hold of some juicy, juicy gossip. It's here in front of me. So this is what the, uh, the, the, the Irish rep in England's been getting up to. It says, I arrived at the ground early and had a look in the clubhouse, an old airline hangar from the war. Lots of international jerseys. Rupert Moon, Richard Moon, Terry Cobner, Jan Webster. All past players of distinction. My match starts with a friendly exchange with the Canuck captain. Really? A friendly exchange with Canuck? Great game against Leek you did in September. I can't remember it. Cut and thrust, backs and forwards, carrying, making it a great game. Enter a giant like John Hayes. What's he doing in a third 15 game? I penalise him as he smashes his opponent on the hit. Sorry, the hit's gone, player. He makes a good impression in the loose. But his team still loses 31-26. That was a great third 15 match, which I really uh, enjoyed refereeing Charlotte. Uh, you mentioned Jan Webster there. He um, played for England in 1973 when they beat the All Blacks. And uh, he recently passed away mm. uh, in the last month. And... Uh, there was many obituaries written about that man, uh, including his time as a, a prominent soccer player with Aston Villa Youth. It just shows if you've got the talent in one sport, you can go across to the other codes as well. And eventually you will work out the right shape ball. <laughs> exactly. And, and he did. And uh, he's a famous character in uh, black country rugby. 
Exactly. And I was joking a little bit about Canuck. I've had some great games against the Canuck ladies uh, in my time. So, you know, I'm just having a little... It's it's that Staffordshire kind of... uh, Bit of banter, isn't it? Those Staffordshire jokes they have. It certainly is. And they they talk even funnier in Canuck. (laughs) (laughs) So thank you for listening to the Any Crack Cork Rugby podcast. We'll be back again next month with all the latest news, gossip and a bit of banter as well as we talk about all things uh, rugby in Cork and Ireland.